people, I'm Juba, a London-born, Essex-raised and Berlin-based DJ and welcome to the Assurance podcast. Last year, I released Assurance, the documentary that I made about the experiences of female DJs in Nigeria. After its release, I realised that there were so many other stories to explore and I wanted to continue the conversations that were started with the first documentary. In each episode, I'm going to be talking to inspiring women DJs in the global south and delving into their own personal journeys, their local music scenes and the impact of their social context on their careers and lives. This podcast is sponsored by Adidas and Zalando as part of their Share Her Power campaign, which is all about camaraderie over competition and women empowering women. The first years of of me producing or talking with DJs and all, guys always like, there was this vibe about about talking about labels and they knew about, it's like this competition, innate competition about how they related to this knowledge they shared. And as a woman, I thought it was really good, my freedom to being able to ask and my freedom of not knowing. Hey people, it's Juba again with the Assurance Podcast. How's everyone doing? So today I'm joined by Vale Succi from Santiago in Chile. So Vale Succi, what can I say, man? She's quite a character and she's been DJing and producing since the tender age of just 15. That's like 10 years before I started and I haven't even started producing yet. As a DJ and producer, she unites the vast mixture of her timeless and fertile sonic research to lively and sometimes humorous effect, melting crowds and listeners across the globe. She feeds off people's energy and uses body and movement as a guide to her sets and has arisen from Santiago's risky underground scene, which she now combines with her experiences of Brazil's dance floors. She was one of SoundCloud's DJs to watch in 2020 and hosts a regular show called Basic Needs on Nudes Radio, as in N-O-O-D-S, not (laughs) N-U-D-E-S. And she's just such a gem of the electronic world. And from my interactions with her, her passion for music and dancing just feels completely unparalleled. So I'm so happy and excited to have her on the show today. I can just feel it's going to be an inspirational chat. How are you doing? I'm good, dear. Thank you so much for the passionate Oh, girl. <laughs> it's fine. It's just, it's the truth. I'm honest on this podcast. Nice, it's nice. good to see you. I can see you across the internet world um, with your really cool background. I'm liking your pictures on the wall. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of meanings <laughs> together. Just a world full of meanings. See, it's, can we feel the passion already, guys? Um, anyway, man, how are you doing? How how are you doing? How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. I think after last year's inner and outer shock in all levels, this year I've been making more conscious decisions about how I want to focus, how I want to work. Nice. I've been very locked down. I have a very strict routine i'm reading more like you i mean the 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 rhythm the path in which i was living before the pandemic it was like too hectic for me but Mm -hmm. now i know that i didn't know so yeah it's it's um it's good to be more conscious about this kind of little decisions that count a lot and I really didn't know that definitely yeah it's weird how um you can look back on your life you were leading and you didn't realize how unsustainable it was you know like I know a lot of people who were traveling around the world on the weekends and they were in Tokyo one day and Dubai the next day and god knows where Montreal I'm making up the most random cities ever um and at the time, it's like an affirmation, like I'm doing so well with my career, I'm traveling and DJing everywhere or whatever it is. But actually, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily always good for you to be constantly on the go. Like we need to mm-hmm. slow down a bit and um, recalibrate, which is my favorite word, recalibrate. Of course, <laughs> um, yeah. I've been using this word and like self-tuning because <laughs> you just accept what life uh, start gi- starts giving you and you don't realize that maybe you're tired as fuck. Or like you need to sleep, you know, like more. Or right. but I've been I've been always really uh, conscious about staying very aware of that inner voice that just knows mm-hmm. where you're at, where it doesn't feel right, where like it's the right time to say no. But like now with more space to hear that voice, 
it's mm. it's been nicer and it's been new and it's been very in, an enriching process to open space only for your own research not for the world the whole time you know mm, for sure i think um as much as i personally do want to you know regain my career as such i guess you know because i just got another gig cancellation today and it kind of sucks i do think when i want to go back to the real yeah. world i do want to like maintain some of the balance I've tried to nurture now um, yeah. and just get it right you know let's all be yeah. zen zen and self-tuned yeah. and recalibrated and whatever word <laughs> self-care <laughs> balance you know I was actually just listening to your mix before we started I wanted to get myself g'd up for the conversation and uh -huh. it was so Which fun one? Um, it was actually the boy. There was I listened to the crack mag one that you did, which was like an all female mix, and also yeah, yeah. the boiler room mix. And it was just so fun watching you like boogieing around behind the decks. And <laughs> oh my god! I mean, you've done two boiler rooms, but yeah, I just really enjoyed that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want to party again, but also I, I like know. staying at home with my plants. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, man, uh, let's get into the chat. So as with all of the DJs that I'm talking to as part of this podcast, the Assurance Podcast, I want to understand you, Vadasuchi. I want to understand how you're here. <laughs> so can you tell us, mm. you know, your journey and when you first set your hands on a pair of decks? Because you were like 15, right? Actually, yeah, this question made me uh, order a bit the facts. My brother was uh, the main influence and music was always really a thing uh in our relationship and in my childhood because he was a dj and he produced music and mm. he passed away when i was 15 years old so and he was my only brother so before that he was my source of music and and, and in that time like this is something interesting about the time where i started dj or became more interested in music uh there weren't many blogs you can read or the thing the thing that got you to know new music was like someone that had a cd of something you didn't never heard of before so my brother took me and we went to like downtown to like buy pirate cds or like there was this like music dealer that had I don't know, music from the UK or from abroad or from wherever. And you just stay there listening to copied, you know, pirate CDs. And I brought these CDs to like my friends' gatherings because everyone listened to this particular mainstream kind of sound. And I knew other kinds of music that I really wanted to share with my friends. So I was always like the friend that brought CDs to the kids' gatherings. And I even DJed like with two Walkmans. It was funny. Uh, but I was always carrying like a, a, a <laughs> little bag, a little bag of CDs with me. So when my brother passed away, the scene he belonged to or his friends, uh, he was five years older than me. So he was 20 when he passed away. Sure. Um, they really uh, became a very uh, important, how can I say this, like a group of people that I uh, started frequenting and like uh, and meeting because they were my friends, my brother's friends, yeah. and they were the music people I wanted to be learning from because they were older than me. I was always like really, really young at the gatherings, the parties, the gigs. So all of a sudden, all of his vinyl were, were mine, his turntables, his machines. He had this really old Akai S2000 sampler and two Electribes. So for me, I started playing and accessing that scene through tributes to my brother because he was a really uh, talented and, and, and a lot of people liked him. And he was, in words of many people, he was like a visionary for that time in terms of sound, in terms of how he approached things. So my first gig actually was playing live because I had his machines and I started making music and I started playing his music. Aww with his friend, with a friend that he produced with. And one day, after some years that I had been playing live with his project, with his music, I started making, at, at, at some point after like three years, and when people started like paying us to play, I said like, this is wrong. I cannot profit with my brother's project. It was always participating through like tributes to him, for him. Okay. You know, in that context and, and in that in that kind of... Um, seen that it was really small Santiago Santiago at that time if you knew like experimental electronic music and there was a hip-hop DJ and a really cool rock band 
they all coexisted because they weren't, it wasn't that separated, you know, uh, in terms of, um, of a style or a genre or whatever. Yeah, I started DJing because some days, like a day a friend told me there was this bar, she was taking care of uh, the, the programming and she was like, you want to DJ? And I was like, yeah, why not? And I asked, why like, not? What's, <laughs> yeah, and, like, uh, and I was like, what's the gear like? And I knew people DJ with denim, you know, CDs, racks, the, the classic you know, sure. little peach band and little wheel. And I just recorded some CDs. I grabbed a <laughs> bunch of CDs as a DJ. I must have been like 17, I guess. Yeah. And that was your first ever gig when you played at that bar? Yeah, DJing. Uh, no, wait, let me think. I DJed, I DJed before and after like punk rock bands in like this really stinky uh, venues that my friends had bands and they invited me to play music. They, everyone kind of knew around me that I loved music and that I had CDs and that I researched and it was a thing for me that I always was like, you have to listen to this new thing, sure. you know? It just happened to for me like that. Yeah. But yeah, it was like more related to before and after bands partying, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Intre so it's not as if you had like that one first ever gig that you played and you're like, okay, this is my first entry into it. But it's quite, it's quite beautiful, I guess, that mm. almost you becoming a DJ was a tribute to your brother who passed away. And it yeah. shows like that inspiration that came from him um, and yeah. how he's, you know, he changed your life in, in some way. So yeah. let's say, sorry to hear that about your brother for sure. But um, yeah, I guess, as you say, it's there's, the cycle of life happens and yeah, and it was his time. It was his. It time. was his time. It was his time. Anyway, yeah. um, we all we will all have ours. <laughs> as I yeah. say, the only certain things in this life are being born and dying, and I don't know, eating, going to the toilet. <laughs> okay, there's a few things. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we all have our time. Um, yeah, and the, and the possibility of bonding with someone in some level, I guess, possibility of love. That's true. Love. I think that's a birthright. I wonder if every single person on this entire world who's ever existed has experienced love. I don't know. There, maybe there are some people who haven't. I hope that's not true, but... I hope not. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere in but a cave well. is, a, is a lone human being who's never experienced love. No, I'm joking, that's mean. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird, no? On to the next section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway... So now, Valisuchi, I'm talking to you as uh, the representation of the entire of Chile. No, I'm joking. But <laughs> I want to talk to you, obviously, this is about talking yeah. to women in the global south because a lot of stories in the global north get told, especially, um, you know, about culture and society and how it impacts the creative industries as well. So tell us about Chile. I guess I know you've been living in Brazil for a while, but I'm mm -hmm. intrigued to know about Chile. I know in like 2019 and 2020, there were a load of protests and yeah, mm. tell us what's been going on briefly. The specific thing about Chile is that they have as uh, an exception, I would say in the whole Latin American perspective since the nineties, a very mm. stable economy. And that has a very deep and serious cost uh, socially because Chile it's, a very, uh, it's like a, a lab laboratory situation. It was for mm. like neoliberalism to rise after a very, very, very uh, tough and evil uh, dictatorship. Is this Pin, Pin, what's his name? Pinochet. The dictator. I always think of, of a Pinocchio. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever I think of his name, I think. But in Spanish, yeah, people okay. joke that 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 like I mean, in, in Chile is a kind of a nickname for him, like Pinocho. People not a, it's like a, a yeah, Pinocho. It's like Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. It's like if if people would say yeah. Pino, Pinocchio. So Pinocchio. that has terrible consequences after twenty, thirty years. That uh, the the model is a failure because people live in debt. It's inequality. It's a serious problem in so many levels because it's not a. Uh, there aren't many uh, social grants of any kind. It's like mm. a neighborhood, one, two neighborhoods in Santiago that own the whole country. Water is private. Oh wow! Education is private. Like everything is private. And yeah, it's. Like, I'm not sure if there's if there's any country with that 
level of inequality. I, I remember seeing this video of like this person in like the world, the World Bank. How do you say this? Like uh, El Banco Mundial. Yeah, World Bank. Yeah, the World Bank. Yeah, yeah. He was saying for you to understand like the social problems in Chile, you have to understand that the poorest person in Chile is as poor as the poorest person in India and the richest person in Chile can mm. be as rich as the richest person in Germany. So that's like okay, a okay. huge yeah. gap. So for the scene and also what do we understand as a scene? Because when I started playing, things were very different, as I was saying. And now, of course, like mainstream uh, electronic music environment is a big thing in all over Latin America, but the scene I'm more related to has always been struggling to make art, to gather, to being able to like have a label or it's really hard to be. And I'm just saying this like out of like pity. It's just, it's like the society is against you. Uh, the laws are against you. Uh, it's super expensive to live. And there's this built habit of like Chileans complaining that it's also quite hard to deal with. That is something that has brought me perspective about Brazilian mm. society and artists. Mm. People here, it's more like proactive. And there's a, like an actual industry in which people can develop here because it's bigger but chile is like way smaller and it's more competitive because of that uh precariousness things have gotten way better last mm. years but um boy drama doesn't help i can declare <laughs> this like the, no, we'll like, talk about that. there's like this kind of sense of bitterness in 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 young people's not being able to live out of what they do and this is real it's super super real in chile in brazil it also is mm. especially in, in under right-wing governments like we're both countries living brazil and chile but at mm. least here music and the body and the gatherings and partying has another place in society And people have another relationship to the fact of gathering and being in the street and drinking in the street and, and, and sexuality and dancing. Chile is way, a way more repressed society. And uh, the protests from the last years is, are just like a powerful symptom of people just really being fed up for so many years and living in debt. Mm. Everyone in Chile lives in debt. Everyone, everyone. Like, it's it's crazy. It's interesting that you're saying, you know, Chile is a country which is full of protest and discontent. I remember yeah. when I lived in Argentina. And also, I apologize to people listening to this podcast because all I do is talk about when I lived in South America. I'm like, yeah, this one <laughs> time when thing. I was, like, in Argentina, when I was in Peru, I know, oh, it's annoying. But anyway, <laughs> I was that guy. It's not. Kid. It's wonderful. I'm glad you Thank have. you. Thank you. Um, when I was in Argentina, and I feel like for me, Argentina and Chile seemed kind of similar in some ways compared to other South American yeah. countries. There was yeah. a real culture of protest. I remember the yeah. first time I saw protest in Buenos Aires, I was like, this is incredible. They're protesting against the state. And then the next weekend, and then the weekend after that, and the weekend yeah. after that, it was like protest, protest, protest. Yes. And um, I'm intrigued. How does this protest nature, you talked about how the society impacts the creative scene and how people can't make money out of it. But does the protest nature of Chile also bleed into your creative and your music scenes? Definitely. I would say a main, the main difference why, for example, in Brazil, protests are not that intense or internalized as a, as a collective movement to, for progress is because uh, in Brazil, the life has more, more ways Someone. in which you can, in, more ways in which you can handle the pressure of life. In Chile, mm. it's just like a boiling, how do you say, boiling pan? Pot. I say pot, yeah. Pot. The pan is more pot, flat. A boiling pot. Yeah, yeah. A boiling pot uh, in which people people take it. People take shit. People take it, take it, take it. And one little thing make everyone explode. So, mm. of course, for, for young people, I mean, I don't know if you know, if you've seen what happened in October 2019, where the biggest movement in... in against the government and like the whole system happened in Chile. But like this started because the the school students decided that they were going to uh, skip the metro entrance because it was the, the ticket was raised for like, I don't know, the percentage is really small, but 
that little little difference triggered I saw that, like, yeah. a national movement and the and the kids started that mm. it was like a bunch of a bunch of kids like a group of 30 kids that film filmed that and they called to not to pay the subway ticket because it's just like too much of abuse mm-hmm. you know and it's not about the price of the metro it's about everything everything yeah sure that's powerful it was very intense and it was really hard to see from the distance because uh the police repression was evil like young people were losing their sight because they were shooting like this little plastic Mm -hmm. bullets directly to people and there were there were so many people that lose their eyes their sight and they were wounded and i mean reform the police everywhere it's crazy everywhere everywhere yeah, everywhere and i think looking from someone in germany who's connected to the uk we do really take it for granted here um i guess a level of peace and assurance or yeah comfortability we can have in a state even though there are a lot of problems that happen you know it's yeah, been a long time definitely. since there's been protests that have led to people being hurt by their own government um that said, I don't know, maybe maybe the British youth are too complacent. I don't know. There are definitely reasons to protest, but that's really uh, powerful. And like, it must have been yeah. hard for you and like imp- impacting to, to see that. Yeah. We hope for the future that especially after this yeah. moment in time, things can improve. I don't know. Fingers I think we crossed. all have. I think we all have. Where, where, doesn't matter where you are. Problems are too serious. There are stages of these problems, depending on mm. where you are in the world. And we're all a bit like fucked up, if I can say we're that messed words up, yeah. on the podcast, sorry. But <laughs> they, they come from different natures and our stories matter. And I just think it's so uh, such a big problem not to, not to relate to sure. this moment. We're all living together we're, with different, with different uh, sources for these problems. But the world is on I fire. Don't even, I don't, I don't, yeah, and I don't even know how to put it on words, but it's something's deeply wrong about how things have been made and, and directed. So art and music and art gatherings and young people's force, it's of radical importance and to be aware of this. Definitely. This urgency sense of urgency yeah i mean if we look around the world right now nature the world society humanity there's a need to change without doubt yes and hopefully we can do this for the creative industries as well um looking at the creative industry again sorry i always feel like it's such a an anti-climax when we talk about these really deep topics Mm. about the world and i'm like so tell me about uh women on the decks but anyway (laughs) in tell us about how it has been for um it's important so looking at your social context as well what is it like or what has it been like for um you know women in santiago's music scene or the scenes that you've been around especially over the years because you've been in it for a minute that rhymes Mm. Yeah, I've been I've been playing and DJing for more than ten years already. I would say more, almost fifteen, more than more than ten. Whatever the thing is, um, when I started, I didn't have many women colleagues or non male colleagues, even sure. LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. community people that were up front in the strong positions from where from where when I started and I'm very happy to see how things have developed and changed because now I have as I've been able to travel not only in Chile scene but also in Brazil and Mexico Colombia mostly in Latin America um I'm not gonna lie like machismo it's such an intense force psychological unconscious force and literal force still in everyday life in like catholic countries and how strong religion is in our societies and how that influences how we women can like even get dressed or kind of have like this self permission to develop or like dare to be an artist or consider yourself as an artist things have changed a lot and that it's super super good we have still a lot of path to walk but even and and when i say women i try i, I really try to say non-male energy because 
you know, the dudes mm-hmm. aspect of the scene in terms of space taken or the bro, the bro, the bro, <laughs> the, the bro vibe, or, or even, for example, when I started the first years of, of, of me producing or talking with DJs and all guys always like it, there was this vibe about about talking about labels and they knew about it's like this competition innate competition about how they related to this knowledge they shared and as a woman i thought it was really good my freedom to being able to ask and my freedom of not knowing i felt way more yeah free i felt more free about my place of okay there are not aren't many women around doing this I'm going to ask because I will have to ask men about this. And I thought always that men wasn't, weren't, weren't really uh, comfortable about not knowing. I don't know if that's like a general assumption I'm making. <laughs> yeah. My experience, I've been, I've taught how to DJ or I have more colleagues around that are not men, cis men. It's really, really nice to see how other like symbolic approaches even about music and towards music are being discussed and something we talked about in our first that for me is really an image that's stuck always what happens if you're dancing at a party and you're enjoying a set and you close your eyes and you don't know if a guy or a girl or a non-binary or you don't know who's playing and you just enjoy the music and then if you open your eyes and you know a woman is playing or a not not a guy and then you realize how you receive that energy when you when you know uh it comes from this specific kind of person what what moves inside of you how Mm -hmm. you know i think it's really different and it's really good to matter about these things to care about these things because sometimes it's so important like who made this music and it's such a good exercise to actually listen just listen to the music without not caring who made it and being able to be surprised about that too it's nice it's nice i I try Mm. to like open this this relationships to sound you know so maybe just to resume a bit I'm very, very happy that the scene, uh, the scene, what's the scene also? Like the people I've been able to work with and that works towards the same goals as I do. And it's in this scene, in, the, in, this, in this work because of the same political, economical and creative reasons as I am. That's how I understand what a scene is. Mm, okay. There, there are many women and there are many, there is a very diverse uh, group of people to be part Yay. of and that's that's good yeah yeah that's what we want to hear like as much as we're having these conversations it's good to know that eventually these conversations will just become obsolete because it will just be the norm and hopefully it can expand past underground scenes or whatever you want to call it or political scenes and just be yeah. the commercial norm or mainstream norm there's so yeah. many points you made so many points so much knowledge mm-hmm. drops so many mic drops um but i do really <laughs> like what you're saying about the energies thing because yeah. i also think you know we have male female you know man woman non-binary but a lot yeah, of stuff yeah, is yeah. energy more as more. well and i think a lot of the time we conflate like gender i don't know it's gonna sound really weird but like we conflate the physical with the energy and actually you can be a woman and actually embody a lot of like masculine energy and you can be a man and embody a lot of feminine energy too i think um watching rupaul's drag race for the last few months and absolutely binging on it (laughs) has definitely shown me that energies are definitely not like bound or exclusive to any gender like masculine feminine energy anyone can embody it and um it's kind of more of that that you portray a lot of the time than your physical manifestation, if that makes sense. Even the word energy is tricky because it's it's so hard to like name what I'm trying to say. Actually, That's yeah, like, and and I'm not even talking in my own language, so apologies if <laughs> if, if some things can no seem like like flat, but is uh, or or not. But it, I'm just trying mm-hmm. to translate something that is of like a very intimate experience with yourself and the bond that Mm. it can be generated with someone through sound and with the collective and with in your possibly higher states of consciousness at a party or you know all of this special things that only happen when we gather in the darkness Mm -hmm. with music very loud music you know or listening to someone playing or yeah music 
gathering mm-hmm. around music. Music. Yeah. No, there's a lot of theory going on here. I feel like we could actually, we should do like a PhD in like sound, energy and music. <laughs> but actually, one final thing I, I want to add on. I do, yeah. what you were saying about the whole masculine thing and men not having the, not being oh, able yeah. to essentially be vulnerable and ask questions and that yeah. actually giving women a certain level of freedom. I do think it's quite a general thing, this idea of masculinity and toxic masculinity and men being yes. constrained by essentially patriarchal ideas that are meant to benefit them, but actually harm them. So the idea that yeah. guys can't show vulnerability, guys can't show what they do and don't know, and you've got to act like you're an expert or mansplain or think you're an expert. And there are pressures that come along with that, but... Let's uh, save that for another day of deconstructing patriarchy and allowing men to show vulnerability. It's just just still so real in Latin America, you know? Oh, yeah. I can imagine. I feel like it happens everywhere, but there's scales to it. So it's like the Argentine version versus the German version versus the Nigerian version or the Iraqi Mm -hmm. version. Like, they're just all on a different scale of the same Mm -hmm. thing. This podcast is sponsored by Adidas and Zalando as part of their Share Her Power campaign, encouraging camaraderie over competition amidst women. It's all about women uplifting women. So in light of the idea of women supporting women, camaraderie over competition and just community, what advice would you give to to women, to people who aren't men about DJing, music production, or just navigating the music scene in a way that is, I guess, as beneficial to them and can help them grow? improve, have a great career? Yeah, more than uh, targeting an aim or a competitive goal towards make a living out of this, for me, the most important thing, and this is just so personal and intimate, is that you have to develop a very real relationship to music. Mm -hmm. For me, for my particular story or for just because of who I am music is like the most my relationship to music is like untouchable like you have to take care of it like if you like music kind of try to understand why you like it why you feel like sharing it why or or what moves you about it Uh, dig be like pro about it not just because you can profit nowadays uh, from it because mm. but because it's like a very it's a very powerful thing to to own you know a powerful relationship to music that will make you meet other people that will make you bond with other people without talking when you just share when you just love the same album the same vibe and those, those you know what I miss the most about like uh, the, the pandemic uh, like like the pre-pandemic life is that Tell people me. that I don't know who they are, where they live, but like uh, I DJ and then I go back to the dance floor and they're always there and we love the same music and we dance together all night and then we say goodbye and then we meet at the next party. Oh you know, man, that, that, I love that. Do you know what? I love you know, that. That connection. I that, love that. Uh, yeah. That like non-verbal mm-hmm. communication that just happens through and because of music and as an advice i know like djing became this it became a shallow thing also it became i didn't i didn't really choose this music gave me so many things that i didn't ask for and that made that gave me a very intense sense of responsibility towards what i could give to people in a context of vulnerability you know people pay you to play the music you love for others and that's like of right. course, it's a dream job, but it's not easy. And my advice is just like, don't bullshit yourself because it's like a, such an intense, wonderful opportunity to develop your language and your taste and your relationship to music. I don't know if like I'm being redundant or redundant already, but... No, I love that. Make it yours. Make it yours. Like, don't compare. Don't compete. In the end of the day, you're the one that's playing and it's comfortable or uncomfortable or nervous or overthinking, like if you don't, if you're not there enjoying it and like offering and providing a service, because it's a service, you know, for me, it's like a service, you, you, uh, that responsibility and make it yours. You, in the end of the day, you'll know if you're bullshitting or why you're doing this. If you're doing it for fame, money, but I mean, for your need of, of success or whatever, go. But it's, it's not how I relate to this 
and I respect everyone's path, sure. but I don't do it for those reasons. And I'm, I've been really blessed and I have many privileges and I've been able to travel and see many realities, but look around and dig, sure. dig far away from your own backyard to like, I don't know, being an artist in like New Delhi and being a woman DJing in New Delhi is not the same as being a woman DJing in Berlin, you know, and mm -hmm. honor your craft, whatever that is, not mm -hmm. only with music, like honor your craft, and especially because as women in our generation and thinking about our grandmothers or the generations that come before us, we have the privileges and the possibility of being able to think about ourselves or being accessing even the possibility of studying something or not just being what society tells us to do. Uh, we have privileges that so many generations before us didn't have. And that for me is also like something I take care of, you know, because I think mm. of my grandmother and when she, she listens to me like in the radio or like she asked me, how was your concert? Oh. And like, grandma, it was, it was great. You know, I can't really under explain that I was like playing people's music or, or when I played live, I played machines. You know, she thinks I play piano or like electronic keyboard or, you know, <laughs> but for me, uh, don't stay comfortable with just playing that women on the lineup part. Be amazing, be pro, study, be technically confident be better, study, like your own sensei. I'm clicking in agreement. I love that. Like, you know, be confident, but don't be complacent as well. Yeah. It's hard because, you know, as you said, you can't tell people why they should do something. But I do yeah. think there's something in doing it for the passion and the love of it that can um, guarantee a level of longevity. Because you're, if you're in it for the ego and the fame, considering how fame comes and goes and how it's actually quite hard to get and maintain, you may not be in it for a long time and yeah, you may be, you won't enjoy the process. You won't enjoy the process. So I, I love that. And yeah, man, like, you know, it might sound like cliche, but we're quite lucky as women right now to yeah. be able to do more or less in certain parts of the world, to be fair. But where we can do what we want to do, take advantage of it because, you yeah. know, yeah. our grandmas couldn't. I just love your relationship with music. I think you really embody it like spiritually and you can really feel mm. that. You see it in your sets, <laughs> how you talk about it. And I'm so here for it. Um, and I know obviously, mm. you know, for example, with your Crack Mag mix, you did a mix that was just featuring women um, from Latin America. Yeah. You're passionate about the topic. And are there any other networks or people in your region that are doing really great things to help oh, women yes. in music? Yeah, there are many. Uh, the the only one the only name I'm missing is this girl from Mexico, but they're they're happening everywhere in my research and my spare time researching for new producers and stuff all around the continent. I've met many wonderful collectives of women, and in Colombia, for example, there's the girls from Echo. Mm -hmm. In Brazil, there's Mamba Negra. In Chile, there's Women in Power, it's WIP, in also Recreo as a festival that pushed local scene as something mm. that should have more value than this, this Latin American symptom of just valuing everything that comes from abroad instead of just giving more space to mm. That's true. locals. Also in Brazil, uh, Coro Fundo Festival, that I'm, it's a platform platform I'm, I collaborate with based in Rio in which not only equality towards women but towards black people and towards uh, non-privileged people that's making music no you know it's not only there are so many layers you know that uh, need intersections uh, yeah. yeah that need uh, to have a, a, a more conscious participation in all sorts of lineups and discussions and it comes from like Sao Paulo as a huge city versus like small cities in Brazil uh, uh, to, you know, parties that only book already established DJs and don't really book newcomers that are from the favelas or, or, mm -hmm. or non-rich neighborhoods in Santiago. You know, it's like there are so many layers to include as a diverse and conscious agenda. And these collectives are doing a great job. Echo, Mamba Negra, Women in Power, 
Recreo Corofundo, and there are so many more. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting, but I did this little list. No worries. No, it's good to share the love and just hopefully if people are listening and they hear something and they're like, okay, let me check out this collective in Colombia or maybe yeah. when I go to uh, Colombia, I can collaborate with. I love the spreading of the word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Valisuchi, we are quickly coming to the end. How the hell does time fly mm. so quickly? It's crazy. I'm yeah, like, it feels like we've crazy. been speaking for 20 minutes, let alone, you know, <laughs> however long we are here now. Circling back to the beginning and reflecting on you as an artist, as a DJ and producer, mm. Mm. Um, I think most of us in general life, but, you know, definitely in our careers, have those moments when we're like, oh, why did I choose to do this? I'm just, this was the wrong decision. I should have been a teacher or professor or, I don't know, like got married early and had a rich husband (laughs) tell us about a no moment you've had when you doubted your decision to be a dj a producer an artist i'm not sure i've had that no moment but specifically because i never had the yes moment in terms of music comes with me and 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 things just happened so it's not that i consciously decided oh i'm a dj now it was mm. part of my life. It's something I loved. And I guess at some point between my, when I was in between 20 or 25, I thought, because I started filmmaking, I started literature, I started many things, art-related things. And I thought I should have studied something that served the world uh, in, a more di- in a more direct way, like teaching to kids or being like an, a, a, a doctor. I mean, I, w- I could never be a doctor, but... You know, I, I I had this question about like what does art actually do in my environment if we need way more urgent solutions for things. But I still kind of ask that myself that, but not in that uh, like pessimist or closed mm. way of thought. But okay, I haven't had the no moment. But you said you still have those moments when you're slightly critical of your decision to. DJ or be more creative. So how did you sort of get yourself out of that funk of questioning your choice? And if you were useful to society? Yeah, I, I when you gather the facts and you look at, at least in my case, I, I can't assume that for everyone. You have to uh, respect and value the good things you've made and not just for yourself in my case. I'm not mm. really like a person that glues like these stickers of achievements in my chest to like remember who I am sure. or like being being feeling comfortable of the things I've made or the places I've played at or whatever. In the end, it's about the people you've been able to know, influenced, shared with, bond with. I think that's the most magical or the part that I'm more that that gives me like energy and, and, and it's the most important for me it's like relating to people relating to people and people I find interesting mm, people mm, that mm, have been I love when people or young producers or DJs can know that they can come to me and ask for advice and that's something consciously or unconsciously I've been worked you know to people perceive that for me I guess mm-hmm. I don't know I guess it has to do with knowing that you have something to give yeah once like a very old a very old life master life master i have i met a very wonderful <laughs> old woman that passed away she told me once your talents and what what's valuable about you you should carry that like a flower bouquet in front of you not in in your back not not hiding it in your back walk live with that bunch of flowers in front of you like if, and if you need to share those flowers, like for people to know that you can share those flowers. I think especially during this time, I don't want to say the C word because all we talk about is the pandemic. Um, yeah. But especially we've talked mm. about vital industries and what is vital and what isn't. And things like DJ and music, for obvious reasons, we can't have parties and gigs right now because of the you know crowds. But it does create this idea that there are some things that are vital for society, i.e. medicine and, and like you know food shops and stuff like that, and some things that aren't. But there is also 
something that, you know, music and DJing and whatever it is, creativity offers to society. And even when you're saying about, you know, when you're on a dance floor and you're just sharing energy with someone and you you play a set, you go down, you dance with people and there's that happiness and that joy that, you know, is shared between people that escapism or hedonism or whatever it is, that also yeah. contributes to people's lives. Of course, that was my own misconception or, or traditional mindset. Yeah, sure, sure. That was what I was doing wasn't like, I guess it has to do with like allowing yourself to say you're an artist and that yeah, sure. everything that comes with that. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah. agree. And um, no, I think it's important and mate, you know, music, artistry, whatever has existed since the dawn of civilization, I'm sure. So yeah. there's a reason yeah. it's here and it's not going anywhere. So don't doubt yourself. But um, I guess in a way you answered that you didn't really have a yes moment. And maybe for you, it's more of a continuous process and like an ebb and flow. And you have your moments of doubt and then your moments of clarity and it all comes together. So I don't know. Do you have a, a particular yes moment or is it more of like a you know process, I guess? I mean, if I can just name that moment... Mm. It was me symbolizing the fact that my brother passed away and now all of his stuff that I secretly wanted, that I secretly, you know, played a vinyl in his room Mm. when he wasn't there because we had an age difference that made us like be still distant, but he was like, we were really close. But Mm. that yes moment was he passed away. And I have machines to make music. I have this gear. Uh, there is like a reason for me to have this. I'm going to honor this. Mm. Uh, I'm going to learn how to use these machines. I'm going to... Maybe it wasn't, a, it wasn't that conscious, but for me, I took it with responsibility and as a gift. Even with all the pain that involved, it was a, it was a gift. It was a gift. You know? mm. Your outlook is really inspiring. No, honestly, the way you take something, you know, painful and you make it into something beautiful and it's not just one moment, it's like a continuous process. So I feel like when I think yeah, of yes and no true. moments, they're very much stuck in time. Whereas for you, it's more fluid and continuous. Oh, it's honestly, you're, you're amused. You're amused. <laughs> Amy, you're, not, honestly, I'm like, I need it to compose just... a song with you on my wall, like the image of Valisucci, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, honestly. I'll send you a pic. Send me a picture of you, like, looking really holy. Maybe with, like, a halo behind you and, I don't know, like, really nice scenery. <laughs> Come on, no, no, please don't. No, it's just... <laughs> no, honestly. It's just what has made sense to me and the tools I've had and how I've been able to go through these things and mm. I mean sharing it is also part of a privilege you know I I can share yeah. it and if it if it serves someone's uh questions then I'm very glad I'm very thankful for that too yeah I'm sure you have been and last mm-hmm. question yeah. closing off um I'd like to close on a positive note a double positive note and mm-hmm. can you share with us a message that you've received um, during your career, maybe a DM or an email from someone that, you know, you've inspired or just had something really nice to say about you? Wow. Yeah, that DM. Now that you, I, I thought about something else, but now that you mentioned the, the DM, in my years of playing, I've received some, not many, I wouldn't say after every gig, I receive like a very touching message. No, mm. but I get those and it was very, very, very emotional to read this kid that was a Latin migrant in the United States that it was my the last tour I was able to make uh, I played in New York and he came from New Jersey just to he- hear me play and uh. wait I'm mixing stories it was this kid in Toronto in Toronto that was illegal okay. and he was struggling and his friend was being has been deported I think and it was the last gig he went to before the pandemic. And he was so happy that, and he basically came because I was Latin, because I was Chilean and Brazilian oh. energy. And that for him, like he didn't know, but I energized him for the months that came after that in that such a big way. And he was really 
really sincere. I I got like teary and replied to him and like I just thank him for for being such so, uh, so honest and sharing that with me. And yeah, and I'm mixing with this other story of these kids that after my gig in New York, they told me they were yelling at me through to the DJ booth when it ended, like, we came all the way from Jersey just to hear you play because, like, they were Latinos, you know? And it was, like, <laughs> this is so nice. And, and there was, like, a bunch of girls and, like, this, how they dressed up that night. I mean, I was so honored, so honored if that meant something for them, you know? It was really nice. This is the kind of thing you should definitely remember when you ever, yeah. if you ever doubt yourself or your decision, like, your gigs are changing people's lives, improving people's lives, um, improving people's confidence. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, we're not going to live on this world for long. And at least when we make it to the other side, hopefully we can look back and think that we left some positive marks. So, yeah. Yeah. And consider that when you play, like you're there and you have to look who's there and the vibe people's at. And maybe some at some point, someone in the crowd will look at you with that complicity and smile mm. and that exchange mm. that very needed exchange while you're playing because i don't do it yeah. I, I honestly don't play for myself i honestly don't nice before yeah if anyone's listening to this you know feel free to send me a message telling me how i've changed your life you know feel free <laughs> <laughs> i want to be like <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure you oh, I do. I'm sure you have for me it was actually doing a documentary so i did a short yes. documentary about women who dj in nigeria and it was a passion project and a project based around my own interests. But what I found so, I guess, inspiring about it was getting messages from people who, you know, were from, whether it's from uh, Canada or from India, being like, I watched your documentary and it resonated with me. And it's so interesting and almost comforting to see that women in, you know, Iran or women in uh, India are not yes. on their own in this whole thing. Like, we're all kind of in it together. And I guess I looked at it and I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess uh, this thing was actually quite useful and it has resonated with people and yes. you know pat yourself on the back and think yeah, maybe um it's uh it's useful but obviously it's not just me it's the people telling their stories I'm just here you know with my mic and and, and camera just you know and that's exploring the thing. things that interest just, me that's the thing you just followed what you needed to make and you couldn't expect the consequences that would have in the world but if it came from the right place and then people wrote to you about it that's just like wonderful yeah. about the things we can be able to do. And there's mm. so many talented people out there. Yeah. And it's that subconscious thing you're talking about as well. Subconsciously, you don't know what impact you're having. Ugh, yeah. Valisuchi, I, we could talk all Am I saying your name right? Valisuchi, or should it be like Valisuchi? Valisuchi? You're saying it right. Valisuchi? Valisuchi. Valisuchi? Yeah. Valisuchi. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> all right there's dude. no rules. It's a made up word, but it's fine. Oh, really? When I thought of it, I just thought of, like, valleys and... Valleys yeah. and looking for stuff. Because such... In Spanish, what is to look for? Buscar, no. Uh, buscar? Buscar. Buscar? Hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. maybe more. But there's a reason why I thought about looking. Anyway, dude, Good. it's been great talking to you. I honestly feel energised after this conversation. I'm uh, going to have a spring in my step for the rest of the day. All right, dude. I'm going to bid you farewell. Adios. Adieu. Auf Wiedersehen. What other language can I say? Ciao. It was really nice. Thank you for your invitation. It was wonderful to talk. No worries, man. It was great to talk. And yeah, we will stay in touch. And one day maybe I can be over in Rio or Santiago and see you play. Because honestly, watching your set earlier, I was like, I need to be in that room. I need to feel that energy. (laughs) All right, dude. Whenever you want to. Honestly, man. Thank you so much. You too, man. Ciao. So this has been The Assurance Podcast, a follow-up to my documentary that explored the experiences of female DJs in Nigeria. Assurance, the documentary, focused on women in Lagos' music scene, but overall, Assurance is all about spotlighting voices away from the European and North American club scenes, which tend to dominate in conversations around gender and representation in music. And helping me share this empowering conversation has been Adidas and Zalando, who sponsored this podcast as part of their Share Her Power campaign.